this is really hard to do, so we're just going to let it rip. This is The Straight Dope, Episode 1. My name is Chris, and you might follow me as Gun Around the Sun or Riflecraft on Facebook. I've worn lots of hats, and I generally don't like using them to sell credibility. But some people that I respect and look up to said that it might not hurt to talk a little bit about the past and how and why I'm here, so I'm going to do that. I'm approaching 50, so I've done a lot of things. I've been an athlete, a scientist, a college professor, an adventurer. I've been a subject matter expert to guys who go overseas with rifles to protect us. And along the way, I was introduced to competitive rifle shooting. That interest grew, and I started a project called the Gun Around the Sun Project, where I essentially jumped into the shooting world to see how far I could get in one year's time. At the end of that year, I developed what's known as the Riflecraft Challenge, a challenge that I used for myself to assess my shooting fundamentals. By focusing on that, I was able to get a first-place trophy at an NRL national match, win the Sniper Adventure Challenge of competition dynamics, and then get a number of second- and third-place trophies along the way. When the Gun Around the Sun year was over, I was introduced to a competition called Assassin's Way. Assassin's Way was going to be a month-long sniper competition that traveled from sea level at the ocean up into the tundra, essentially, across eight or nine states and challenged us to take a single shot and be assessed for those single shots in every imaginable landscape and biome that we could be placed into. At that point, I realized that it wasn't just fundamentals that were going to make me able to win that competition. Being a goal-focused person, I was dead set on winning that competition. Unfortunately, COVID hit, the competition vanished, and I had spent the last couple of years accumulating a massive pile of knowledge dedicated towards taking that single shot. The cool thing is, I didn't lose any motivation. I'm just redirecting that. And one of the ways that I want to redirect that is to accumulate a following in a community of people that really do want to simply raise the bar in their own shooting, regardless of the application and purpose that they're using those rifle systems for. Plenty of people like to hunt. Plenty of people just like to go out and shoot paper. Some people like competition. But there is a huge community of shooters looking for valuable resources that can help them raise their knowledge and understanding and prove it. Well, skill development is definitely my thing. And so I'm starting this podcast as a conversational approach to develop fundamentals and view shooting scientifically so that we can raise the bar for everyone listening, including myself. Now, I'm not afraid to go out and test things, try things out, and talk about them, but hopefully... If you like this and you want to join the journey, all you got to do is listen. That's all it takes. And go out and try the things that we talk about and apply them to your own shooting and share whether they're working or not. And through trial and error, I believe wholeheartedly that we'll all become better shooters and a stronger community rather than some of the nonsense that we see on social media with people arguing about stuff that really doesn't matter. Not only does it make the community look bad, but it doesn't really help us out and we're just wasting money along the lines. And that's something that we can all use a little bit more of.
So drawing from this constellation of sources, we can find common training ideas that point back to these fundamentals that all shooting applications share, and then discuss them a little bit closer and look into the things that actually make a difference, and also discuss the things that don't, because that's going to help people from taking detours that are going to essentially push them further from their goals rather than closer to them. Because we all grow when people are accomplishing their goals and we can learn from each other that way. That's the point of the straight dope. So the very first thing that I want to do with this episode is talk about developing a common language. We use a lot of terms and we misuse a lot of terms. And what I want to do is to define a few things and put into context some stuff that I'm going to talk about regularly. And that's going to start with a couple definitions that I'm going to quote straight out of Brian Litt's book, Applied Ballistics for Long Range Shooting, about accuracy and precision. An important fundamental topic of shooting is accuracy versus precision. In the context of shooting, accuracy is the measure of how close your shots are to the center of the target. And precision is how tightly the shots are grouped together. It's important to distinguish between accuracy and precision because they're both important, but they're both influenced by different types of variables. Then he goes on to say that score shooting requires both accuracy and precision. The shots must hit near the center of the target and be tightly grouped to maximize score. Long-range hunting and sniping also requires both accuracy and precision. And I think through that, we can say that most of us want both accuracy and precision. So how do we get them? Well, like most things, I believe we need to know where we are now so that you can chart between where you are now and where you would like to be. I know where we would like to be is being able to put a bullet where we intend it to go. But where we are now, that might not actually be the case. So... Where I like to start is a baseline assessment using the Rifle Craft Challenge. Why is that important to me? It's important to me because it's a very good assessment of a shooter's baseline fundamentals. In fact, it's been adopted by multiple shooting schools as a baseline assessment for students coming in to learn directly hands-on from people who are experts. I think it's great. It's free. And you have access to it right now. So the first thing you need to do is go out and take a baseline craft challenge. This is important to me because I feel like other standards of measurement kind of let us down. It's very common online to have people share their amazing little tiny groups that they shot from a bench or they shot prone or they shot after they finished their load development only to share three or four shot groups that are very small and then go out and miss a bunch of targets. The reason I think they miss a bunch of targets is that they're misidentifying the capability of their rifle system with their personal fundamental shooting ability. When you change positions, You also change the requirements of the fundamental inputs to the rifle system. And so as a shooter, the more well-rounded and higher level your skill sets are, the more consistent you're going to be across those positions. But we won't know that until you actually get on paper and shoot that multi-position assessment. That baseline number that you get is going to be an accumulation of four positions repeated 
three times for a total of 12 shots, and it's going to give you a glimpse at where your baseline fundamentals are. So go out and do that, and it's probably going to change you from a sub-inch shooter to a multi-inch shooter. But that's fine, because it gives you context out of which we can develop real skills and confidence that you can make that shot when you need to. This kind of mindset you can see in the Special Forces Sniper's Handbook. And so I'm going to read a little quote from that now to provide you with a little bit of context from people who put their lives on the line with rifle systems who are thinking in the same way. A sniper skill with a rifle is the most vital skill in the art of sniping. This skill is extremely perishable. It goes on to say that a sniper must make first-round hits in the field under less-than-ideal conditions and become an expert in marksmanship. A little bit further, it says, He's not trying to see if he can hit the target. He must know that he can hit the target. Now, that sounds pretty confident. It sounds like they're just going to whip out a rifle and smack anything that they shoot at. But it lists the proficiencies that, at a minimum, they must be able to hold. And those minimum proficiencies are not 100% impacts. They're 90% first-round hits on stationary targets at ranges of 600 meters, 50% first-round hits on stationary targets from 600 to 900 meters, 70% first-round hits on moving targets, 70% first-round hits on snap targets. So what we're seeing are almost contradictory messages if you just read them at face value. They're saying they have to know that they can hit the target. And then they go on to say that the standards include missing. Well, I don't think that's true. And let me tell you my take on it. If a shooter can develop a way such that they know that if they do everything right, they'll be able to hit the target. They'll be able to make a judgment whether that shot should be taken or not. When you add stress and you add external ballistics, the probability might drop below 100, which makes sense. But how would you know that you can take that shot and if you do everything right, you will hit it? Well, I have a, a quick little trick that I call the shooter bracket that I want to talk to you about. And the shooter bracket essentially takes your rifle craft performance, your rifle craft target, and gives you a way using your reticle to measure a target that will tell you whether if you do everything right, you'll be able to hit it, or whether if you do everything right, there's only a statistical chance that you'll hit it. And the way you're going to calculate that is that at 100 yards, you're going to use your reticle and you're going to measure the group while holding the reticle dead center on your point of aim. Right? This accuracy and precision thing is going to play a role in this. You're going to hold the reticle on your point of aim, and you're going to note the subtensions that your group fits into while holding that point of aim. And that subtension is going to be the one that you use to flash mill the target. Now, if your subtensions are smaller than the target itself, then you know that you can hit the target if you do everything right. And if the target is smaller than your subtensions, then there's a chance, a statistical probability, that you're going to miss the target at some point, even if you do everything perfectly. 
So using that shooter bracket concept, you can use that as a baseline for testing various skill sets. I use it all the time for testing my wind knowledge ability, for testing various rifles that have different group size capabilities at distance. And the way you do that is you marry the target size up to your shooter bracket at whatever the distance is so that you know that if you do everything perfect, you're going to hit the target. If you miss it, then it's something else, right? Then it's wind, then it's external ballistics, as long as you make a good shot. But if that target is smaller than your shooter bracket, you don't know whether or not a correction is going to actually be one that will result in an impact or not. And I think that's where a lot of mistakes get made is wrongly identifying equipment or something else or the wind. Um, it's easy to joke about a wind where a shooter you know, shoots at a target, they miss off the right, they make a correction, they miss off the left, and they say, um, you know, the wind fucked me. But if their shooter bracket is bigger than the target that they're shooting at, then there's a chance they're going to miss off either side. They take that input from that miss, make a correction, and now move their shooter bracket way off the target, right? They made a correction based off faulty inputs. And so the shooter bracket really does read into a lot of the training that we do and the way that I want to analyze targets. And I think that would help a lot of people. Now you might be thinking, well, I'll just drop to prone or I'll just get on a bench or something like that. But we don't always have access to that, right? And I think Ryan Kleckner points it out the best when he mentions in chapter 16 of the Long Range Shooting Handbook, he goes on to say that the prone position is much more stable and therefore much easier to be accurate with than trying to shoot while standing. And unfortunately, when you're trying to shoot in the real world, you'll find it difficult to always shoot in the prone position due to obstacles that will block your view to the target. Although you can lie in the prone or use a shooting bench, to zero your rifle and gather data, you absolutely must shoot in other positions if you're going to be effective with your rifle when you're not at the range. I think that emphasizes, and that's coming from somebody with a massive background in all sorts of shooting and is a sought-after speaker when it comes to anything related to firearms to say that we can go shoot at a range and we can go shoot prone, but when you're going to actually go out and shoot doing anything interesting, you're probably not going to be shooting prone. And if you base all of your decision-making off of your prone shooting, you're going to lead yourself into a corner and eventually start missing shots, blaming something other than your own fundamentals. Because I believe that the shooter is the most common source of error, not their equipment, I think that that, um, you know, that in itself causes a lot of arguments on the internet and debate, but... When push comes to shove, people that focus on their own fundamentals improve, and people that focus on equipment just spend a lot of money. So moving forward, we're going to emphasize the fundamentals, your rifle craft number, and your shooting bracket. In order to maximize your fundamentals, though, we have to have consistency, and we have to think about how the rifle system works when you're shooting it. To do that, we have to talk about rifle fit, we have to talk about eye relief and some of the equipment issues that can lend itself towards shooting consistently. And I'm going to break that down over the next couple episodes so that we can have a common language and understand that the inputs that we have on that system influence where the shot goes. But we have to have a baseline with context to have that discussion. So go out, 
Log yourself some Riflecraft targets. Figure out what your shooter bracket is so that we can talk about target size over distance. That's an angular measurement, so it should scale with distance just fine. When it starts to break from that, we're talking about external ballistic concepts, and we'll get to that and where you could make decisions that you see inconsistencies from fundamental stuff when the rifle system itself starts to break down. But I think that's not the issue at hand right now. And if you just focus on developing a smaller rifle craft number, a smaller shooter bracket, you'll start to see results immediately when you go out and apply them in whatever it is that you like to do with the rifle. So to circle back to the beginning, I've never done a podcast before. So this podcast and this project is a total experiment and a trial and error one at that. I'm going to start doing this and see where it leads. And the way we're going to continue and modify and grow this is if you continue to listen, reach out, communicate with me on questions that you might have, follow it, and then uh, share it with your friends. I'm not really going to advertise it. I'd prefer if it was word of mouth and and traveled from shooter to shooter as they grow and find benefits from that. So if you do, follow along. And if you don't, thanks for listening. <laughs>